What up, what up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio. I am your host, Nesta Gibbs, joined alongside Ringwalk Danny, and we're here to discuss the WBO ordering the title fight between Josh Teller and Teofimo Lopez. The fight's already in talks, Danny. Uh, it's all wondering, are we actually going to get it? Yeah, look, man... Um... Team Taylor seems to believe so, at least the members that I've spoken to recently, uh, good friends of mine. Um, you know, they're, they're just uh, waiting for me to get out there at this point. They're, they're talking about the bars we're going to go to. Uh, you know, they're looking to give me a kilt to wear to, oh, the, wow. you, you know, to, to the fight. You know, when in Scotland. Um, yo, I'd totally be excited for it. I think it's a great matchup. I think it's a fight that, honestly, both guys need. You know, um, the former disputed champ, Josh Taylor, did not really impress in his last fight. Um, he's been very inactive since becoming undisputed. Um, he is no longer undisputed. Currently only holds that WBO 140-pound belt. But I think people forget or have seemed to have forgotten who Josh Taylor is and you know, obviously the same can be said for Teofimo Lopez. You know, Teofimo Lopez um, has not really impressed in his two fights since his lone loss to George Cambosis. And I think he's looking to prove a statement. He's going into enemy territory, um, you know, if the fight gets made. And, uh, you know, he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and a lot to prove as well. No real reason why this fight doesn't get made as both boxers are with top rank. And the facts are that the WBO did send a letter issued to top rank, uh, which both promoters are obviously, both fighters are obviously promoted by, and it outlined the terms for what is now regarded as a mandatory defense. So Teal will be making a mandatory, or rather, uh, Josh Teller will be making a mandatory uh, versus Tio, and I quote, please be advised that in the wake of the recent postponement of Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, WBO voluntary title defense, the WBO World Champion Committee is hereby ordering the consensment of negotiations for the mandatory title defense obligation in the junior welterweight division between Josh Taylor and Tiafimo Lopez Jr. The WBO Champion Committee Chairman Luis Batista Sales stated to promoter Bob Aram via official letter, a copy of which obviously Boxing Scene has attained and, and, and printed out here in their article. Uh, the camps have 10 days upon the issuance of that notice, Danny, which puts them at a deadline of February 24th where they have to come to terms or go to purse bid, which, again, I don't see a purse bid situation when it's the same promoter, you know, unless... T.O. is going to have an outside entity once again promote against his promoter and Bob Arum like he did when Triller well, stepped in. Well, that is only if the fight does go to purse bit. So uh, being in-house, if the fight can be made uh, prior to purse bit, they would eliminate any outside, uh, you know, possible purse bit winners. You know, that being said, I think that the fight would be targeted for uh, Scotland, uh, you know, in Josh Taylor's home hometown in his backyard um from what i'm being told and uh look man we even talked about a castle being discussed mm. as a possible location to hold the fight so i think it'd be huge so um what was interesting to me was that 
the WBO chose to order this fight uh, off the back of asking for medical proof of Teller's injury in the voluntary defense of Catterall. Um, they had a five-day deadline, uh, you know, and, and, and even though, you know, it, they, they don't, they're not clear as to whether or not the proof was shown, but the, the fight was ordered um, within that time anyway. So do we know if he was able to provide proof? And it's, it's now becoming consistent of the WBO to question their own champions. They did it to Charlo. Um, they did it to Harrison, right? Was it Harrison? Who am I? Who am I? Uh, I know Castaño questioned Charlo as well, but they did it to Charlo and someone else. But 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 yeah, but here they are asking for proof from 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 Teller. It's uh it's quite interesting. Yeah, couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but uh, look, man, hopefully it's a fight that does get made. I would uh not mind seeing it. Um, like I said, I've I've been in contact with uh, members from the camp, and uh, they're excited. You know, they're telling me you know Josh is in the gym, so. Definitely. Uh, let's see what unveils itself. What they got eight days, probably less. But uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, the deadline is the twenty fourth. Uh, the minimum accepted purse bid for this, if it goes the purse bid, is one hundred and fifty thousand. Is what they would have to start with. Again, I don't know who else would bid outside of top rank. Um, but we do have to state that you know Lopez, with his fight over Pedro Campa and Sandor Martin had positioned himself to get the fight with, obviously, Regis Progre. And uh, they chose not to take that because of the split, which would be 65 for the champion Regis and 35 for the challenger in Tio. And they instead went the WBO route, and they're still currently ranked highly enough to, you know, be in conversation with another champion. Yeah, I mean, he's number one. Yeah, it's um, crazy. The position that... Uh, it's like Andy Ruiz. Liam Paul previously held. Yeah, you know, um, if it does I, I don't think it goes to Persbit. You know, I think they'll come to an agreement. Personally, um, you know, I believe they were already in communication and, and in talks prior to the WBO ordering the fight. Um, hopefully it gets made. Hopefully they can get that uh, Edinburgh Castle. Mm. And... Uh, Make the fight. Like I said, I think uh, both guys, in a way, need need each other, and I think it'll be an entertaining scrap. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely a tough fight. Would you say... I mean, you have to, right? You have to say that Teller is a tougher fight than Regis because Teller beat Regis? Or or does Styles make fights in that? I, I I do believe Styles make fights, and not only that, but uh, you know, boxing is is a sport. Uh, it's kind of like what have you shown me lately, or what have you done for me lately? Um, you know, Regis impressed in his last performance. We haven't seen Josh in a while, but uh, you know, he's he's impressed in his big fights. You know, the Ramirez fight with the two knockdowns, obviously the Regis fight. So uh, it's not going to be an easy fight for either guy, and the buildup is going to be amazing. Like, I can picture now that buildup is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. If, uh, 
you know, hopefully they do make it happen. Do we have quotes from, uh, not on hand, but I mean, like, have you read headlines that Tio would be okay uh, going across the pond? Because, you know, we seem to keep talking about this fight over there. How sure are we that, you know, he he's willing? Uh, yeah, no, uh, look, my source told me uh, that they'd be willing, and obviously it's bigger there. It would be a pay-per-view over there. So, um, you know, I think uh, the finances played a part or lack thereof, you know, in a potential Regis fight, uh, obviously harder to make, um, you know, there. But Josh is in-house. I think that they'll come to an agreement, um, you know, and once again, I do think uh, from what I'm from what I've been told that uh, the Lopez camp is more than open of going out there. That's going to be interesting, man. Giving up home court advantage, you know, giving up that New York City area. I mean, he's a world champion, former world champion, and looking to become a, a, a two division world champion. And uh, yeah, I mean, but we we also hear that that the money's over here, especially ticket sales. You well, know, you, you you can charge more here. Well, I'm telling you, for this fight, the money's over there. So, man, I hear you. I hear you. So we're gonna do a poll: who wins and how, obviously. Uh, and see what you guys think and how you think they're going to get it done because this is not an easy fight. This is not an easy fight. Um, so we got Josh Teller versus Teofimo Lopez. Who wins and how? Josh Teller by KO. Josh Teller by decision. Teofimo Lopez by KO or Teofimo Lopez by decision. So uh, come on over and vote right here at youtube.com forward slash The Boxing Voice. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up button as it's going to help with the visibility of the show. It's going to put this episode in the eyes of other boxing fans. Uh, we are scheduled to have Hall of Fame Inductee. matchmaker. Yes, sir. Mr. Brad Goodman, he, he's at, here. Oh, he's in studio oh, yeah, already. Yeah, he's here. So uh, if you're ready for that uh, Kenichi Bear commercial, we can go to commercial and Absolutely. Uh, Let's get cut Brad to it. settled in. Make sure to subscribe and smash that like button while you're at it. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are in for a treat as we are joined with newly inducted, right? Or you you get inducted this summer, right? Yeah, in June. In June. Guys, could we get his mic, please? Oh, there we go. You said in, in this, June. Yeah, yeah this I'll June. I'll be there in June. So, uh, congratulations, Brad. Uh, first and Brad foremost. Brad Goodman joining us in studio. This is uh, one of the matchmakers over at Top Rank. Um, any other job titles you may have? No. Okay. Not just, that I know of. <laughs> just, I'm just Top Rank. Just, just known. But you are known within the industry. You know, you and obviously Bruce as... The best matchmakers in boxing. Have you heard that before? I've heard it, you know, but, you know, we're, we're humble about it. And we just, uh, we just let people, you know, say it and we just do our job. That's what we're supposed to do. We had a little bit of difficulty explaining, you know, he's like, any guest today? Our producer says, any guest today? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got Brad Goodman. And he's like, oh, so who's that? And he's like, is he a fighter or something? I'm like, no, 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 he's a matchmaker. And he's like, Okay, so what's a matchmaker do? And I was like, that's a good question. I guess the job is to make sure the A-side wins 
but you also have to entertain the audience or how would you describe and develop the, and, and, and de develop the, the fighter, fighter right? at the so same time? So. How would you describe your job title? Well, it depends. Matchmakers have a lot of categories. You could be a matchmaker working for a small club show where you can put on any kind of fight and just think like a fan. And say, hey, Brad, I want could, could you just bring the mic a bit closer to you? Thank you. Good? Yep. Better? Yes, sir. Way better. Think, think, think like a fan and say, hey, I want to make this fight and not protect you, guy. And I did that at the beginning. I did the, from like 2000 to 2006 at the Orleans Hotel. I'm, I put on Bron Burner fights where I didn't really care who won the fights. And, and I actually, that's where I built up Ishe Smith, um, Jesse Feliciano. I don't know if you guys, are you familiar with Feliciano? Not Jesse. Not, not Jesse, Jesse, but Ishe Smith, you know, he Definitely became world Ishe. champion. Um, I did Ishe Smith and uh, Alfonso Gomez. Okay. Then they fought on the contender. Um, but I did their first two fights uh, at the Orleans Hotel. Mm. Um and that's where they, that's where Ishe got his break. Um, but then you have, you can work for a big promotion and then you have to protect the A side, but yet sort of make it entertaining. People, a lot of times, a lot of times you don't get lucky. Sort of like a mismatch. A lot of times at the beginning it is you know, sort of lopsided and, um, you know, not that pleasing to the audience and stuff like that. But then once they, once they get to an eight round level and stuff, then you can match them, you know, according to where their ability is and, and it becomes more pleasing and, and, and then you can just, you know, you know, evaluate where their skill level is. And luckily, you know, we have certain guys you know, where we know where they, where they stand right off the bat. Now, Brad, uh, you, you know, you took it back to 2000 to the Orleans, obviously before uh, being with top rank, but I want to take uh, a full, a full-time matchmaker with top rank, but I want to take it back to 83. Mm -hmm. I want to take it back to New York City when the, you know, the story is you were 15 years old and you became like pretty much an assistant, like an errand boy in in a sense for, guys over at, at the top rank office. Uh -huh. I, I want to hear that story because obviously, uh, you know, if you started as a, as an intern at 15 to, to get into the Hall of Fame, that's a hell of a fucking run. Well, it, it all started like this. Anything that my cousin did, I followed. Whether it was basketball, baseball, whatever it was, I just followed. He got into boxing. I never wanted a fight or anything, but I just followed it. Started looking at boxing magazines and started watching fights on TV. My first fight, I watched, I want to say it was like, like in 70, Seven, I, I 77. Well, 77. My my father took me to oh, Shavers and Ali. That was the first fight you attended. Okay. I, I I fell in love with Shavers, Shavers, and Mike McCallum. They're my two favorites. I love I love those guys. 
that was my first fight. But getting to top rank, you know, when I was 15, it, it, it was my father's friend was the lawyer at that time for Bob Arum. And his name was Stan Hoffman. He's no longer around anymore. And one thing led to the next. Hey, there's a kid, you know, that likes boxing. Whatever. And I, I was just like any, any kid at 15, just doing clerical work as a messenger, ran around the city, did whatever I had to do. And I worked for a guy who was a Hall of Famer. His name is Irving Rudd. He was the publicist. And every time I would come back to the office, I would just go into the matchmaking office with Teddy Brenner, who was the greatest matchmaker that had ever lived, and Bruce. And I would just sit there and I would just look at the board on who's fighting and, you know, and just, just, just stay there until I'd get another call. Hey, kid, you got to go out and run to Park Avenue or whatever and do another, another thing like that. And eventually I just, you know, got, got real close with Bruce and I'd, I'd go on the road at 16, 17 years old to Atlantic City with them and, and just one thing led to the next. And that's all I ever knew. I just know the boxing and Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. That's all I know, man. Now, during that time, I mean, did you... When was it that you got into matchmaking? I mean, obviously, you, you started to pick it up at a young age, but when is it that you started to officially matchmake? Was that in 2000 at the Orleans? It was Orleans? really like 99 okay. and stuff like that. But but here and there, Bruce would give me little, like, you know, gigs, you know, to, to you know, play around with and stuff. But really officially, it's sort of like in 99. So during that time, were you were you working uh, for top rank in any capacity? I did. I did, I did top rank from eighty three to ninety two. They went out to Vegas in eighty eight, but the office in New York was still there, and I worked with Ron Katz and mm. Teddy Brenner. They closed shop in ninety two, and then I managed Murky Sosa. I know Murky. I manage Murky. I know so, Murky. So. He fought Roy at the uh, Garden. Exactly. I was there. Yeah, he fought Roy at the Garden. I was much skinnier and better looking. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, in the, I was in the corner. I know Ron. That's funny. So yeah. when did Ron start Ron, with Banner? Ron, Ron, Ron taught me a lot. Wow. Ron taught me a lot. I owe a lot to him, you know? And then I, then, then I came, then I went to top rank at the end of 99, you know? Wow. So... You probably matched some of Floyd's fights? Yeah. It was Bruce, but I was under Bruce and stuff like that. Yeah. Kodo. So like that. I don't think you gave an answer, or is it that you can't uh for like what the 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 job entails? Like the description of a matchmaker. Like, well, like easiest I said, way to for someone is, you know, to if you're working if you're working for a big promotion. Or a small promotion. I mean, it, it depends. I, I don't know. I just want to be able to tell the guys in the bubble when they next time they ask me what's I, the match. Well, let's do both. Let's do both. Uh, obviously, you were putting on the small shows at the Orleans. That were there's there's no pressure. You don't have to protect your product. There's no product unless you have certain guys. I, and I did. There was like, you know, Dewey Cooper. Mm -hmm. He he was a guy that I protected. But back then, the commission wasn't really strict. 
It was much easier, the commission. Um, he was a big draw. Him and, him and another kid named Eddie Salas. Mm. They, were, they were real big draws. They, just those two would sell out the Orleans Hotel. Um, now, was this in the arena back then? No, it was in okay. the ballroom. Okay, the ballroom. Okay. And, but with top rank, you, you, you have to, you have to protect your product. But yet you have to please your viewers. And if you don't please your viewers and, and if it's a mismatch and, and a lot of times at the beginning, they are mismatches. You get ripped by the fans and that's when you become humble. <laughs> you get humbled by this stuff. I, I got to bring up Edgar Belanga because obviously he is doing interviews saying that uh, you guys wanted to protect him and he wanted bigger names, but he seemed to be in a bidding war. I mean, he claims to have had offers from Mayweather, from Al Heyman in PBC, sure. obviously Oscar De La Hoya and Matchroom, who ultimately, uh, you know, made him an offer that he decided to go with. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously this phrase was here before us, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, but mm -hmm. I honestly don't see why y'all let him go. I feel like, you know, the Canelo fight was always there because boxing needs Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So is, were you on board with really, with wanting, with letting him go well, or all, did you want him to stay? Well, yeah, you know, but we just didn't come to to an agreement, you know. To you know, both parties have to agree. He had a different view. Top rank had a different. View. So we just wish him and his dad and the manager, and we wish them the best. I mean, that's that's all that's all we can do. You know, we try to make it work. It just didn't. But we we wish him the best. That's all. so. What what would you have wanted him to do under the top rank banner had he agreed? Like what three fight plan would have been next? Well, we 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 mapped something out for him, you know, and I don't want to really get into the details and stuff like that, but they know what what it was, and it wasn't to their liking, and they must have gotten a better offer, and that's that's where they went, and hopefully hopefully you know it works out for him. And uh, not to keep pressing, but that map, was it three or two fights? Because his last deal with Top Rank was only two fights. It's two fights. Uh, another two fights. Now, Brad, I got to ask, obviously, so many years, um, you know, I could think of a few fights that probably didn't go your way. But what fights do you feel like, man, I, you know, I, I dropped the ball on this one. And what fights were you like? I got a gem, you know, I, 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 you know, I got it right with this one. You mean with a fighter? Yeah. Yes. As far as the matchmaking. Explain that to me. Like, like so some would say, some would. Some, like, you know, like I know right away, like this is the guy. Uh, well, no. So for example, like some would say that, uh, you know, the matchmakers probably dropped the ball with Lomachenko in the Salido fight. That it was probably a bit too much for oh, him at the time. Oh, okay. So, you know, I, I just wanted to. Wanted to see, um, you know, that's from the outside looking in. But yeah. being in the business so many years, I'm sure that there's been some fights that you oh, like. Ab absolutely. And, and, I'm trying and, to think. And, and some that were like gems for you that that turned out to be big wins. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
You know, so I was just curious because I think Isaac Dogbay was that. I'm sure no one in top rank was w- expecting Dogbay to beat Magdaleno. That was the brother that, that, that the money was invested in. Jesse was supposed to win that fight. Yeah. yeah. But then it turned out good because Dogbay, he ended up being a super fan-friendly fighter. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, you know. We've had some duds and 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 we've had we've had our our luck. But let's talk about, you know, the the guys that are gonna make it, the stars. You know? You guys like, have a lot of potential stars over there now. A lot of young talent on the top rank side. A lot of amaz- young talent. It's amazing and, and I and I'm so excited about it with the with the the Shakurs of the world. I'm glad you and, went there because you got a guy that doesn't have a fight and you you you're supposed to make him a fight. Oh, Shakur. Jared Anderson on that well, card. That that that's 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 my next that was my next thing. If Jared is what we all think he can be, this kid is gonna be the biggest thing. It's gonna be so big. Tell him, Brad. But it's Tell he's him. three weeks out. We need a we need a fighter. Isn't he the co main? We got it, we got it. It just doesn't come we just aren't putting it out yet. In three weeks? We got to promote the next heavyweight champ of America. Who says it's three, three weeks? weeks, bro? What are you talking about? Oh, that's Isn't a month. April 8th? Oh, yeah, you're right. A month and a half. All right, all right, all right. Come on, weeks. Nestor. Top right. rank is better right. than but, that. Come on. But, um, I mean, the, the kids, you know, it, it's amazing. I, I mean, the, the, the Jareds, the, the Xanders, you know, we got this kid, Abdullah. Mason. Abdullah Mason's a bad boy. Yeah, he's, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, the talent that we got. Troy, Duke, all, all the all these kids, you know, they're ju- they're just not on the radar yet because they're on the stream. They haven't been really shown that yet. But when, once they, they're on our radar. No, yeah. they're definitely on our radar. They're definitely you know, on our radar. We follow all of those guys very closely. Mm-hmm. I, I got to ask, so having... And, the, I, and I can't forget Keyshawn. Oh, Keyshawn Davis, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to go there. He 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 was pushing for the Jeremiah and Akathelia fight, and instead you went to go. Who was on board with to go and who was on board with to, uh, Nakathelia? Well, it will come out. You'll see who Nakathelia is fighting next. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be my good friend and Dominican brethren, newly signed Jermaine Ortiz, right? What? Man. It's going to come out. Tell me it was at least offered to Nakatilia, because if not, I mean, that would be the second time he... I mean, I hear I hear, I hear, hear he turned it down one time. Who did? Nakatilia to fight Jermaine. That I don't know. That I don't know. Wow. So what's next for Jermaine then? I don't know. Shelf up. No, not a lot of people want to fight him. Yeah, he put up a great performance with Loma. Let's talk yeah. about that. May May twentieth. Obviously, not signed, sealed, and delivered quite yet. But Still working uh, on it. Definitely working on it. Uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have a relationship with the with the Haney camp, and uh, yeah. you know, I just saw him go eight with uh, Liam Parle the other day. I'm like, champ, you three and a half months out. Like, you know, um. But I know I know uh things are looking very, very positive and um being a pay-per-view, obviously you want to build it the right way. 
Uh, could you tell us maybe of any guys on the on the undercard? I'm not I'm not privy to to mention it, but the card's pretty pretty set already. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The May twentieth card. Yeah. So and Nestor, let me. I, I didn't mean to no, cut no, no, you off, ahead, but you remember when when we had that that interview a couple years back? How I felt about Devin. We got to go back to that. I, I said, would have to listen to it again. I said that kid's real special, and I said when that kid gets his man strength, he's going to be a bad boy. About Devin, and I think he was only about like four four and zero oh or something. Mm. Four and zero oh? about that time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How'd you first hear about Devin? I used him. I used him on one of my shows. Downtown? No, I think it was when Pacquiao and oh, Bradley yes. fought. Yes, he was the first. Uh, that was April 9th, 2016. He was the first. Uh, yeah. First, uh, I want to say fought, the first. He fought a Puerto Rican, uh, Southpaw. You know, um, he went the distance. Um and he didn't look that great, you know, and he was so young. He's only about 17 years old. He was. I want to say, I believe that fight was the first time that he got, uh, that Nevada sanctioned a 17-year-old yeah. to fight. Yeah. And I said, I said, this this kid's going to be something real special because I was watching him in Mexico, how his dad was building him over there and was fighting some real solid, you know, because in Mexico, you don't know those records. They're very, very deceiving. Very deceiving. They could be two and seven, but... Mm -hmm. They're really 20 and 10. Oh, you absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, I, I I promise I won't say the name. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. <laughs> May 20th, I know who you got co-main event. And then I know... You, the, know. you know what we have as a co-main? Absolutely. What is it? I'm just, uh, I'm sorry, Oscar Valdez. I thought Valdez. you said you won't say the I, name. Oscar Valdez. Look how he put you out there. You said you won't say the name he, and you said he, the name. He asked me, what is it? Or he could have been testing. I mean, uh, you could be right, you could be wrong. I, I, I don't know. Does he have an opponent though? Or uh, does the co-main have, is the co-main like, is the it? Co -main, the co-main event does have, it, 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 it's locked in. Okay, because, because I'm going to be honest, I liked, I really liked two of the three names that, that got off at that fight. So it was like, I was just excited. Oh my god! No, this guy. I, that I I'm not gonna do. I, I'm not gonna do that because you know we gotta see. We gotta see. You know who what takes comes it. Out. Yeah, who takes it? You know because <laughs> you know that's just the that's just the way the game goes. But okay, that is funny. Then you said on that because I know there was you know they were saying maybe T-Mobile, maybe MGM. I think it's gonna be in Vegas somewhere. Okay. And um, by any chance, do you know, obviously, top rank in New York uses uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. You know, they're opening a venue here, the Sphere. It'll hold 18,000. Yeah. Um, have you, has there been any exploration? I know that's not opening till later this year, but with your relationship, uh, top rank's longstanding relationship with the Madison Square Garden family, is there any possibility we see some shows there? I'm, I'm sure. I, I don't handle that, you know, the, the other guys mm -hmm. like Brad. Okay. I'm sure they, they've spoke. You know. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. I really... It really looks nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I, uh, obviously, being here, you see it uh, from the top floor of the parking lot. And the first day they put the lights, I was all excited. Like, yo, that looks really cool. Yeah. So I can't wait Brad, till they finish it. So do you guys, like, watch tape? 
Yeah. When it's time to matchmake, or is it some fighters you just know who they are already? I at this at this time I I know all the guys. You know when I first I'll tell you Nestor when I first came out here, I, I was so. You know, I was so wrapped up in that East Coast. You know, you know, and nothing can change my mind. Everything was like, man, West Coast. You know, the East Coast guys and this and that and. And I didn't, it really took me a couple of years to like get used to the West Coast, you know, fighters and that. But now I'm more, I'm, I'm knowing the, the, the West Coast guys more, more so than, than the East Coast guys. Mm. But I, but I, I know, I know, I know a lot of these. I, I got to ask as a, um, and this again may not be under you, but as a matchmaker, <clears throat> And just someone being with top rank, um, having the gym here, is that something that gets pushed to the fighters to come to Vegas to get some work? Because obviously, uh, you know, Vegas is the fight capital of the world. So mm -hmm. the, the quality of uh, sparring and the quality of training um, is another level. We even say it like sparring on the East Coast or sparring down South. It's not the same as sparring in Vegas. Sparring over here. Well, that you know, I haven't I haven't gone to the gym over here in a long time. Mm. But the kid that works there, Frank, he's he's done a tremendous. He really has. At one point, the gym was a private gym; nobody would even show up. Now everybody goes there and spars. Whether it's kids from the Mayweather gym going over there to get work, I mean, you, you can't get enough sparring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody no. goes over. Nah, he definitely got that gym. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's 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 funny. It's it's funny to hear you call Frank a kid. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh man. Well, what is he? I mean, he grown ass man. Oh. To you, obviously, you're his elder. It's just, it's just funny. He's a kid to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, being around Bob and just speaking of being a kid. I mean, he's pretty much seen you grow up your whole life from, mm -hmm. from a teenager. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was 19, um, Bob's second wife, Sybil, I had, I had two heads under my chin. And I lost my mom when I was 17. She bought me an electric razor. So she became like my mom when I was a top rank. Mm. And I shaved my, my two heads under my chin. So... So you said you were with Top Rank from 83 to 92? 92. And then again... And I, did, I didn't do my research, but the, does that cover the Evil Knievel story? Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, Aaron probably did it, but I didn't know oh, you that, that kind of stuff. Man, so you don't have any info on that. I just find no, that... No, but I went, to, I went to the Hagler... I went to Hagler Hearns. I went to Hagler Leonard, you know... When did you start traveling outside of the East Coast? Because obviously, ASC was down the street, but, mm -hmm. you know, working I, I with would, them. As I, would, I would go to those shows. I would go, I would go to the, the Hagler Leonard's. The, mm. um, once you start going to all those shows, you just become another show. I get more of a thrill going to like a, like a Thompson boxing show, you know, and watching two guys just go nuts on each other. Then go to a big show. What's the last big show that got you got you excited? Because I I, I got to give it to you guys. I was at uh I was at the first 
um, Wilder Fury, which I know Top Rank wasn't a part of, but I was at the third one as well. Mm -hmm. And then the promotion for the second one, I was in the military at the time. Like, nobody watched boxing, but everybody was talking about Tyson Fury for that fight. Mm -hmm. So um, I just remember, like, I got, to me, that was the last fight that I attended that I got goosebumps that, you know, maybe my heart rate was a bit elevated. What's the last fight that got you like that? That you attended in person? <laughs> Probably nothing in this. Nah, no, no, I, I get this. This can't think of one right, like right off the bat. But um, I can't think of one off the bat. You know, but there was, you know, especially when I was younger. You know, I remember like when Hagler, when Hagler and Hearns. When they fought, you know, I was young and, and, and they were, they, I liked both guys. And, and I didn't want either one to lose. My hands were shaking, you know. You know, your nerves and stuff and your emotions get in the way. Um, but, um, you know, most of the times, you, you know, you, you got to try to stay, like, neutral, you know, not play, like, favoritism and stuff, even though... It's hard because, you know, you like the guys and, and, and you feel for them. And, uh, I, I just can't think of anything right, right off the top. How many, how many years would you say you have in the sport? Well, whatever. You got to count it. There's 40, right? You started in 83. We in 83. 2023. This will be 40 mm -hmm. years. Actually, I believe, uh. If with I all, if, if my research was correct, it'll be in April, April of uh, eighty three. Yeah. With all that time in the sport and all the evolution you've seen, all the money you've seen come into this sport from different players, can you see all promoters ever being on one network again? No. Egos, too much money, you know, and and at the end of the day. It's unfortunate because there's not a lot of stars out there. And it's because you not you don't have a lot of fighters fighting on a consistent. And people are not familiar with guys like they used to. Mm -hmm. I also think that it has a lot to do with... with uh like, you know, and maybe that has some something to do with the activity, but, yo, you, it's it's hard to watch fights. Like, you know, back in the day, you had, I, what, Past Blue Ribbon had fights on Wednesday, and that was on free TV. Gillette had fights on Monday, and that was on free TV. You know, so the XFL, mm -hmm. a made-up football league that just started, is getting ABC ESPN and all games on ESPN Plus, and I've been begging for one top-ranked fight to land on ABC. Just one. Yeah. I've been begging at the mountaintops. Yeah. You know, um, and it's just, I think that it a lot of it has to do with the TV. Like, they have to want to have boxing on TV. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see, like, the free TV again. And... Getting back to what we were just talking before, guys fighting on a consistent basis. And, and you guys remember 
the Mickey Wards, the the Terrence Ellies. Yeah, but these guys were not fighting top level opposition. No, they weren't. But, but people people knew them. Yeah, but we got to make fought. it okay for our guys of this generation, like, but how, to get that but, in between. But how fight. can you when when PBC has a hundred guys and we have ninety guys and Eddie has seventy or eighty guys? You're using too many guys. There's a you, lot of B-sides, though. You need to, That's what you need. Well, yeah. Like, Shakur is fighting Shoshino now, you know, hypothetically. You can't knock Shakur. Shakur will fight anybody. No, I understand. What I'm saying is, hypothetically, after this, for him to remain active, he needs a lesser opponent, mm -hmm. you know, in between that. Uh, but... The fighters also have to, they, that has to be in the contract. Like, look, when you fight uh, A-level, we pay you A-level money. They need to understand that, you know, stay busy fights aren't million-dollar oh, fights. 100%, yeah. But you can't keep paying guys $3 million every fight. Think about it. We saw Devin fight in October. Mm -hmm. Now he's fighting in May. That's about eight and eight and a half months in between. Yeah. But... The criticism in today's day and age, let's say if you guys would have thrown him in the ring this month, February or mm -hmm. or, or late January. Oh, he won against, in March? Against, against a Charlie Sheehy or something like mm -hmm. that as a tune-up, just so that yeah. people could see him. Yo, people would shit all over top rank these I days. Don't, I don't know. I think that they could have absolutely did uh, the guy I've been pitching for over a year with the IBO belt. Take him to Oakland. Get... How much like, of a tune-up is it then? You're talking about an IBO champion. All right, but matchmakers are there for a reason. Devin's on a level that he is for a reason. You know, to Devin, you know, Thurman said that the best. You know, to him, Jesse Vargas was a tune-up. To Devin, in my opinion, the IBO champion, uh, what is his name? <clears throat> Shout out to Hardin. Which one? Lightweight. His name is... He's with Eddie. Uh, Maxie Hughes. Maxie yeah. Hughes. Bro, that's a, that's a you know, a tune-up for Devin. For Devin. And, you know, you take him to Oakland. Like, I don't understand why boxing doesn't let a fighter grow in his area. Like, what? tell me what, what was wrong with Crawford and why couldn't he just stay in Nebraska? Seems to be selling it out. Yeah. He was doing he was doing great business there. So why wouldn't you just keep letting him be there? I mean, obviously you're a matchmaker. You, I don't know if that is part of the job as well. Not really. Place. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of the the financial stuff. You know, but you know he's he's a great fighter and stuff like that. But you know it, it, that that just didn't work out. You know he he wanted you know certain things we couldn't give it to him. How so he had to move. He, he moved. How much of uh, how much do you take the location of the fight into consideration with matchmaking? I'm sure for certain fights, uh, some more than others, it has to play a huge factor, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, some of it's a gamble, and we're going to take a gamble. Um, we believe in Jared, um, and we're going to take it on the road to Toledo, and we think it's going to do tremendous. Yeah, this mean, year, yeah. I mean, Robert Easter did very well in Toledo. Yeah. And, and we think, like I said, we think Jared's going to be something tremendous, something special. And, and if he makes it over there, um, you know, it's, it's going to be big, man. 
you know, we'll put all those kids over there from Ohio on there, you know, uh, Tiger and Abdullah and all that. It, it's it's going to be big, man. Yeah, no. Uh, fortunately, Jared's another uh, another of your fighters that uh, we have a great, I have a great relationship with. So I've been saying it from the beginning. I think uh, especially after the camps with Fury, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was I was blessed to be privy to maybe 60, 70 rounds of those uh, that sparring. Like, you know, uh, I think uh, the 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 sky's the limit for Jared, especially mm-hmm. the heavyweight division. When yeah. when I think of uh, when boxing was on top of the world, it's the heavyweights. Yeah. When, when, when you have a heavyweight knocking people out. And, and Jared's entertaining not just because of the ring, but... Oh, his ring walks have his an- all... His antics and everything, man. This, this guy can... I'm telling you, man. I'm so excited. This guy can be something, man. You know? He really can. If he can make it, man. And it's still an if. We don't know. But if he can, uh, he's going to be something special, man. This this guy can be huge, man. I, I want to ask, obviously, um, his last fight on paper... Um, you know, the biggest uh, name on his resume. Walk us through that matchmaking process. Like, how how, how do you know, okay, my, my guy that's only 12 and 0 is ready for Jerry Forrest? Well, there were a lot of other guys that turned it down. And kudos to Forrest. He took the fight. But it's only going to get tougher from here. Not a lot of guys want to fight Jerry. This guy that's on, that I'm not going to mention, um, there were other guys that turned it down. This guy took it. So you have a relationship with Jared. He may, he may mention some. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I, I wanted to ask, because um, we covered um, the WBC convention. We were in Acapulco in November, and, you know, we saw Shakur and Pitbull get ordered, I instantly text Shakur. Um, He was excited. And then we saw it was just like a trickle effect. Like, one guy didn't want it. The next guy didn't want it. The next guy didn't want it. Nobody wants to fight Shakur. And I'm going to tell you how special. Right after the Olympics, I was in the top-ranked gym. He wanted to spar. Donnell was getting ready. His little young Shakur. Wanted to, he wanted to spar with Magdalena. He wants to test. I'm the one that brought him out to spar with Loma. Mm. I was there. It was unbelievable. Shakur only had about like three fights. I saw it with my own eyes, man. You may not be able to tell me. I don't want any names, but I'm just curious how many guys um, turned down Jared before you got an opponent? For this one? Yes, for the, for April 8th. I want to say about two. Okay. Yeah, but they, they were all competent guys, you know, because that's the level that Jared's on now. You know, we're going to move them, you know, we're going to move them at, at a certain pace now. Now, obviously, you're just the matchmaker, but just because of, uh, how highly you think of Jared. I'm curious, you know, people like, oh, he got touched up in that first round against Jared. And I'm like, he did. Mm-hmm. But go back and watch it. He got touched up in the Southpaw stance. Uh, 
What are your thoughts on him? You know, uh, obviously being an orthodox fighter, switch out. I mean, he is, I, I tell people, he's not the typical heavyweight these days. The typical heavyweight these days is a crossover athlete. He was born and bred into this sport. So, you know, to see him doing things that we see welterweights and lightweights and featherweights doing, you know, in the ring, uh, just your thoughts. Because obviously, that's to me, that's why he has such a high ceiling because he's able to do what no other heavyweight can do. Correct. But what I'm, what my concerns are, are two things. The chin, hopefully he has that. He did get hit by Forrest, but it was a smaller guy. I don't want to see him get hit with a Herkovic or, or, or the Chinese kid, Jang. He stops Philip in the first half of the fight. You believe that? Yeah. I hope you're right. Like, you know, um, Philip, yeah, yeah. Another guy, because he trains in Houston with Ronnie. So, yeah. so, you know, yeah, he ain't got no tank. Um, and <laughs> I want to see how he is the second half of a fight. We've never seen that. I want to see how his endurance is. So this opponent should give him rounds? I, or? Be I believe he does. Did you think Jerry I believe would he does. And one of the opponents, and, 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 and I can mention one of the opponents, he just wasn't available at this time was Jonathan Rice. Oh, yeah, we know. You know, not a pleasing guy, but you figure he, he would have went rounds. He would have held, he would have grabbed, which is fine. But at least he would have taken them six, seven rounds or whatever. Let's see how Jared, you know, reacts, you know, if he gets tired or whatever. But that, that's what I think we all want to see. We want to see how, his, how, he, how he is, his endurance, you know in, the, in the, uh, the second half of a fight. We know how he is the first half and how explosive he is. We want to see if he carries through the second half. Did you think Jerry would take him more than what he did? Because I feel like... I, I, yeah, I didn't think he'd get him out that quick, but I felt like he could stop him because he was a smaller guy. Jared, Jared's an explosive guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, from a matchmaker standpoint, do you like... The Jared Anderson, Jarrell Miller fight? You do. I love it. And there's somebody in the office that thought of that fight. Mm. So now, there's the, a small possibility you guys still work with him? No. Well, they, they, they turned, one of the guys turned it down. They didn't like it. You can't trust uh, Jarrell because mm -hmm. of all, all the problems that he's had in the past. And, you know... You don't know if it's going to happen it, again. Things like that can't be written into the contract. Like, you offer him the fight, and in that contract, it's like, you have to do VADA. You have to test X amount that's, of that's times. The, that's, that's a good point. Or is that just too much risk? Because he still can he, test he, positive. Maybe, maybe. I, that I don't know. But I, I think it's a, it's, a great, it's a great thing. The real big babies stand up or something. You yes, something I've been like that. saying that for a few years. I yeah. love that fight. This guy's just, he's messed. I mean, but he's now he's fighting Lucas Brown. So I don't know if that's going to make sense to you guys. Yeah. I mean, that's like this weekend though, or yeah. like, that's like soon. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's so. uh, March 18th. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm like, that actually, that actually would be a real big fight like on Heisman night. In New York. In New York. Oh, yeah. Now, which, which we've seen Jared, I believe, the last two years, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you figure, figure he'll go again. What, um, like, what's, I guess, the probability of the Toledo fight being 
a level of opposition or a named, because it's more about name. It's more about name. It's right? more of a showcase. Exactly. So all his fans to come out and see and support, you know. But the B side doesn't matter. Um, I think it's the event more. I think. You so, know. I gotta ask because although I love and obviously Top Rank believes that Jared um can sell, and I believe he does sell in Toledo, but it's like you got the Huntington that does eight, and then it's you don't really have like could we could could we see a Jared at the Toledo University football stadium? That's that's the the publicity guys that do that stuff. Very possible. Because it, it, it's gonna be it would be big. I think Jared Jared would do real well over there. But I agree. that's just me saying something not confident real confident confidently. The, the the publicity department would know more about that. I mean, all the pieces are there, though. You've already said it. You guys got a ton of guys in and around that area that once you put them on, mm -hmm. you know, it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, well, I do have some questions from the people here. Uh, Ruin of 504 says, before his top-ranked departure, what matchmaking plans did you guys have for Edward Berlanga? Kind of asked you that. Yeah, well, we, we had we had a plan where we'd give him a fight, you know, to to his liking, um, opponent wise, um, and then showcase him again as a main event on uh, June. Mm. So, were you opposed to Rosado versus Berlanga? Gabe we Rizzotto. were opposed to Gabe Rosado's price at that time. Was that a June fight, in your opinion, or not a June no. fight? No. No, the Gabe Rosado fight was offered months ago. Months ago. For when, though? So Gabe turned it down because of the price. No, 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 no. It was it was a price that was Gabe was looking months ago. This 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 was conversations months ago, not for these recent conversations. Oh, I, I, but so that fight you would have done. You got wow! I'm shocked the top rank would have done that fight not on a June. I thought I always mentioned that fight as the passing of the torch. Mm -hmm. You know, Puerto Rico versus Puerto Rico. Get him, you know, on the Puerto Rican Day Parade. You were just, you guys were just going to do a regular TV fight, huh? No, Puerto Rico, the Puerto, he would have been a main event. I hear you, but not that's on. Not a, that's not a main event. How, how is that a main event? Gabe Rosado was, has been, what's, what's he done? I mean, he had that one fight. He's with, about to be main event right now with, with, with Zurdo. Okay. But, but that's, that's the zone. Nobody watches the zone. <laughs> you know, uh, no disrespect, you know, but I mean, Wow, I thought I honestly, honestly, no, 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 I but thought Gabe, that Gabe what? versus Berlanga was a main event. I mean, in what, New York City, what, wouldn't you Puerto say Rican Day Parade? Wouldn't you say uh, Gabe is a bigger name than Steve Rose and Rome and, and Romer Alexis Angulo? Those were main events at the at the Hulu Theater. 
I know that. But it was a much lower budget. And what has Gabe done besides, you know, he had that one knockout? What did he do before that? Arguably beat Daniel Jacobs. But he didn't. But what, what's, what's he done? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you now. He hasn't, you know, but I think uh, for the Puerto Rican. friendly, yeah. television friendly. Yeah. Known with the known with the Puerto Ricans, known with the Amer- yeah. I, no, I, I listen. He's a good B side. Very much so. Very much so. And I like Gabe. I have no problem with Gabe. But it just it just it just didn't work out. Fair enough. I like that fight. <laughs> I hope now that he's with Matchroom, we get it though, honestly. But I mean, Gabe's moved up to seventy-five. This guy. yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. I, I hope I, I hope. don't. I don't even want to see the fight. To be quite honest with mm-hmm. you, wow, is that bad? Oh, I what, told you, sacrificial lamb. Well, let's talk about Gilberto, because so you were protecting him because you guys had. I mean, he had forty-something fights with you guys in there, mm-hmm. so you didn't believe in him. Who said we didn't believe in him? It, I mean, money. It, he he wanted a certain thing, and it just didn't work out. It has nothing to do with not believing in him. What did he want? He, he wanted too much money. It's always the money. You know. But but you also didn't get him any, like, the biggest name was Jesse Hart. Yeah. And you also, had a six-foot-five Mexican. And we, also, and we also didn't have, at that time, any light heavyweights. I mean, you had him when he was 60 and yeah. 68. And at that time when he first was coming up to light heavyweight, we offered him certain. And he did take, you know, Carpense. But then he didn't want to fight guys like Mike. And what? Yeah. Michael Seals, before, the Edwin Rodriguez fought. Well, yeah, but this is before, yeah. That's the fight he watched. And he didn't want to fight him. This is before Mike Seals got stopped by Alvarez. Didn't uh, Top Dog Thomas Williams fight Seals too? Thomas no. Williams? Thomas Williams never fought. Before the Donna Stevenson. And those guys. So I, I'm all over the place, but like when are you guys, and allowed is the wrong word, but when do you allow your own mind to think about an Al Heyman B side or an Eddie Hearn B side? We, we've we've worked with Eddie plenty of times. No, I know that. But yeah. obviously, you want to deal with your pool before you go outside the box, right? Sure. Or or does matchmaking, is that the first role? No. If it if we don't have a guy, we'll we'll work with other promoters. We have no we have no problem at all. We've done it. So would Ariola fall under showcase? Who? Chris Christopher Chris Ariola? Yeah. What about him? Would he fall under showcase in Toledo? Does he even fight anymore? I mean, shit, Andy took him out of retirement for a pay-per-view. No, but that was like two years ago. Bro, and, he, mean, and that was his first fight in three years. I'm just saying he's known to the American public. Yeah, but how many Mexicans are in you know Toledo? I turn, you know I turned Chris Ariola pro in Laughlin? Mm. And I paid him 400 bucks. Oh, wow. Wow. When Gary Shaw first started, I, I mean, mean I what is he? That. He's got to be like thirty nine or under. He's not over. He's not that old, bro. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that the green print African American, a nice known Mexican American? He's forty one years old. Okay. It's not that bad. How many Mexicans are in Toledo again? Like, no, nine. 
I mean, I don't think so. You got the, the Hall of Famer here, you know. What do I know? We haven't, we haven't even thought about anybody. Mm. I, but I, Danny I, seems to think it can't be a Mexican. So what are you expecting? I don't, yeah, I just wouldn't think in Toledo. I mean, I feel, uh, I mean, I guess you're right. Broner in Cincinnati fought Emmanuel Teller. And, 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 uh, but Shakakov was Russian. That's, uh, that's who Easter fought over there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all about the, the, you know, showcasing. I think you answered this from James Valdez in San Antonio. What's the greatest match you attended and what was so special about this event? I would either say Hagler Hearns or I hate to say because nobody was there and it was. Hmm. I'll never forget. I was talking. I was talking to Leonard Ellaby on the phone during the fight because he wasn't there. And I... Corrales is down. Castillo's down. You know, mm. I kept going back and forth. You know, and, and there was there was only about like two thousand people in the arena. Nobody was there, and it was probably it, it was such a great fight. I got Brandon in Houston that says, Johnny Beck took some criticism for facing Denzel Bentley his last fight. Do you have any insight on if a bigger name was offered that fight before settling on Bentley? No, nobody. See, Johnny Beck, is, is, he's all risk, no reward. Tough guy to fight. Um, and... And, 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 you know, we, we just don't have a lot of middleweights. So we have to go outside the pocket, um, go to other promoters. If they can give us anybody, we have to look around in Europe, you know, and that's, that's how we got, you know, thank God, thank God Frank Warren had a guy uh, and, he, and he offered up uh, Bentley. You, you, you weren't expecting that though, right? No. Yeah, no. me neither. Me but, neither. Uh, you know, thank God, you know, Bentley, uh, you know, Showed some uh, waivers. Yeah, he. I think he probably ruined our parlay. We weren't expecting Bentley to make a decision. Take uh, take Charles Martin in Toledo. Yeah, but the, again, now you got to deal with Al. And someone's training him out here. Talk him. Who talk him with? Yeah, with you, with you guys. He's with Top Rank. Yeah, yeah. Talk him. I like talk him. Oh, uh, oh, talk him. Yeah. But uh, no, oh, Takum, Takum's fighting uh, Yoka. Yoka. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Takum's going to want too much big, money. I'm not a big... Yeah. It's a showcase budget. I'm not a big Yoka guy. You think uh, you could still get Stephen Shaw to take the fight, or is it not worth yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Would you, I would, as, as you guys would want to see something like that? Were you impressed with uh, Shaw? I was not. I was expecting so much more. I watched that guy since O and O. Like I watched him maybe six camps with Wilder. I can't believe that fucking Ajagba had him gunshot. I was not expecting that. Wilder never had him gunshot in sparring. I, I, 
I thought he was going to let his hands go more. And then it seemed at first like he he got that, but then he went after the fight and posted like, oh, I thought I won the fight. It's like, bro, no. I told I him I wanted that. you to win the fight, I but you him. didn't. You had to let your hands go a yeah. little bit more. You can't just avoid punching. I mean. And Ajagba was, he did better. He yep. did better. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a, a good showcase. Wow, that's crazy. I don't think do that. that's a showcase. What do you like better, that or rice? No, I just, I guess I'm, 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 I guess I'm not understanding the word. Like, showcase is supposed to be, in my opinion, I, I think, for I th sure, win. Yeah, I think, I think Johnny would last uh, longer than, than, um, than Shaw. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I'm not gonna lie. I think uh, after seeing the last one. And he was talking. He was talking about Jared too, and he he was telling me he's like, I know that's your boy. And oh, you mean Stefan? Yeah, yeah. They they, they Jared is built will fuck up. him up. It I is. ain't gonna lie to you, Jared. Will fuck him up. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie to you. Three three four rounds. Mm. I don't know. The question is, is he gonna take it? You know, for that for whatever is being offered. Uh, we have another one here. Ja Tucker stomped. Xander Zayez post fight press conference and called him out for a fight at 154. Josh Tucker versus Xander, is that realistic fight to be made for top rank at any time? Who's that, Jahai? Yeah. That's Jahai on there? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Somebody, it's a fan asking. <laughs> a fan uh, asking. He, oh, he, Jahai's fighting uh, on April 1st. He's fighting Xander's uh, stablemate. Um, the the kid Nikolai, Nikolai uh, Georgian kid. I I don't know the last name or whatever. It's a solid fight. Um, no, Xander Xander is on a different path right now. Jahai just moved up to fifty four. Let him get his feet wet a little bit. You know, um, couple fights at fifty four, and let's see what happens. How could we? We can't let him go. Today's show topic. Obviously, WBO orders uh, newly ranked number one Teofimo Lopez versus Josh Taylor for the WBO 140 pound title. That's a fight that I know uh, was already being spoke about um, prior to the WBO ordering that. How close would you say? I, I mean, there's, there's talk about it. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Now, I mean, but it sounds from a matchmaker standpoint, you would you you want Tio to get another fight because you just said Jihad just moved up and he needs to get acclimated. Well, well, well Tio has already gotten you know two fights under his belt and stuff, and you, you know he needed that. Should he get another one? Possibly, but uh, Josh, he's not the most active guy. In you know, so you're saying so, right time. I think it's the right time for both. You know, I said the same thing. I feel like they need each other in a way. Right now, yeah, it's sort of like an even playing field, if you know what I mean. We were, we didn't have an answer because I'm like, is it fair to say Regis is a tougher fight, being as though he lost to Josh Teller, or is Josh Teller the tougher fight because he beat Regis? I think the world of Regis, man. I think he's number one, mm. hands down. Wow. So, uh, how much does a fighter demanding a fight weigh into matchmaking? How much does a fighter 
Say it again. I like, if, if I'm a fighter and I'm demanding yeah. a specific fight, how much does that weigh into the matchmaking process? At certain points, you know, it, it, it helps. Um, especially, you know, if if there's a lot of, you know, bad blood going on and both guys are, are sort of, say, um, you know, popular, um, marketable. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't work. Like, for instance... Um, it didn't work, unfortunately, for Barboza when he was calling out Teofimo all this time. Mm -hmm. It never, it never panned out. But um, Albert Bell, Albert Bell, another guy. You know, we had him all the all this time. Another kid t took every fight, every fight. Man, and guys, and you know, I I don't want to mention the guys that we have that we still have to this day. They turned Albert Bell down. Champions. How's that work though? Why do you why do you cut ties with the guy that can't get the fight and keep the guy that's not taking the fight? Because nobody wanted to fight him. It wasn't fair to Albert anymore. And now you see he's in the same situation. He was he was trying to go to Debella, he's trying to go to Hearn, he's trying to get fights. Nobody wants to fight the kid. Who wants to fight a, a six foot one? 130-pounder. It's a hard guy to fight, man. Nah, and let, and, and let me tell you, uh, another another guy that we know well, a lot of tech, like, he was a plus 800 against Andy. You know, you know how much I came up in that fight? Man, Albert Bell, uh, I hope he gets a shot. I know, I know he's in those rankings. I forced rankings, that so. fight on them, him and Vic Green. They didn't want that fight. I forced it on them. Mm-hmm. You know? It came out on top. Of course. It came out on top. You know? Why'd you force it on them? Because they didn't think they were ready and stuff. They wanted another fight and stuff. I don't think he had like a 10-round fight at that time. Or if he did, it was like sort of like in that like Toledo area against weak opposition. Mm. And it was his first real big thing, you know? And, you know, they thanked me after the fight. It worked out and stuff. Um, and he got some exposure and... Um, he's he's a great kid, man. He's he still he still comes to our shows, man. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. He's a great uh, kid. He was just out here at the at training at top rank a few months back. Yeah. So maybe maybe if he's available, we'll put him on the Toledo show. Mm. Walk me through uh, that British Prescott and Terence Crawford. Moment. Oh, because oh. because the story is. You guys didn't want him to take that fight. Hundred okay. percent. I'll tell you, like it was so, it's so vivid even, in my mind. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. So even Bruce was was not with that. We hated the fight. Wow. Cameron Duncan at that time was managing Terrence, mm -hmm. and I called Cameron up. I said, "Karen, you want this fight?" Terrence was on the card. He was fighting a, a kid named Robert Osiobi kid out of Uganda that um, Luis Tapia, local trainer. And Prescott was, was in a fight. Um, the Russian kid um, was in a fight. The Russian kid that beat Joan Guzman. I forget the name. 
Look up Joan. I'm Guzman. pulling it up. Yeah, he stopped Joan Guzman in like the tenth round in Florida. That was that was the title fight, and he got hurt. Talking about Habib, Habib. I, I like exactly. Curdy. Curdy, yeah. Oh, the same one that Broner fought. Exactly, and call Cameron up. He goes, "Yeah, let me call McIntyre." Don't hear anything. So Todd comes in and he says, do me a favor. Call Cameron again and see if they want this fight. I spoke to, I spoke to McIntyre. He doesn't like the fight. He doesn't think Terrence is ready. Who okay. said that? Cameron says this to me. I said to Todd, I said, spoke to Cameron. Todd just looked. Cole McIntyre. Cole McIntyre. I said, Brian, did Cameron call you about this? He goes, what press guy? <laughs> mm. I said, for that the fight coming up on Saturday, you know, instead of fighting OCOB, we can, you know, move up to the semi-main event or the main event. He goes, no. I said, would you fight Prescott? Hell yeah. So that's all I need to know. And that was like seven days out, right? That was his break right there. And even though you guys... And me and Bruce, we were scared shit of it. Mm. We didn't think he was ready. And he shined, man. But I, I, I put Terrence in a fight one time against Andres Gorges. G-O-R... G-E-S. Tall kid. He was about six foot three from Canada. I was scared shit of him. <laughs> I said, Brian, relax, man. I said, Terrence is going to knock this kid dead. And he, and he knocked him. I knocked him dead. Like two rounds. He's first, you know. But that's that's where he got his break. What, what other fight off the top of your head uh, comes to mind when you're like, you didn't think your guy was going to up. Were you at the Gamboa fight in, mm -hmm. in Boardwalk Hall with Terrence's the undercard? Mm-hmm. You were there? I went to every Terrence fight. I was there when he fought Burns. So... Terrence is my guy, man. I love Terrence. Am I envisioning things? Did he not get dropped in that fight? No. Are you sure? He yeah. had braids in that fight. Yeah. I swear I remember him. And I'm like, yo, it's never been on box track. I went to that no, fight. Terrence, Terrence got rattled one time here. He's going to hate me for bringing this up, but I was live. And I'm like, unless there was two guys with braids that day, and he had box braids, I'm like, or it didn't get counted as a knockdown. No, he won a decision. Um... Because I remember I was a big uh, Wale Omotoso fan. And obviously, Eurokis Gamboa fan. And, yeah. And, and Lucky Boy was on that card. You know? Yeah. He had the whole story. Yeah, no, no, no. In the ring. Crawford, Crawford got rattled one time over here against the Brazilian. And Sinabra? I think, huh? Is it? No, not, not Sinabria. Sinabria was in Texas. Um... 
was it like Sydney Segaria or something? And I think it was here, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was here at the Wynn. Mm. We did a show here when Vanis fought Lara. Okay. Um, Let me pull it up. That was like that. That was like the uh, the only time, and then and then you know like that BS thing with with Cavaliskius. BS. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Terrence Taren, is a bad boy, man. He, he's the best out there, man. Yo, you. <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, I agree. You were right. Sydney Sequeer, he fought. But where did he fight him? Win. In the win, right? We're at the win, yeah. I'm good, right? But you got to agree, That too. should just get me in the Hall of Fame. No, hey, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm headed in those foot. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty, I like to call him the almanac. I'm pretty wicked. I'm yeah. only 26, so obviously, you know. Yeah, uh, young, man. That's good. 22, that fight was in 2012. I was like a sophomore, junior in high school, but... uh. But as a matchmaker, are you labeling a lab, Would you label him Shinny? No, not at all. Why? Cavaliskis can punch, man. He came right back and was gunning. He was thrown right back. What man. about the Gamboa fight? And then, and then you just told us about the 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 the, the, the Gorgies fight. But but everybody. But but then you can say, would you say Spencer's Shinny? I mean, he only got the one Ugas incident, right? And, and, what about and the, what, Jamaican, what, 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 the Jamaican? The Jamaican. Uh, yeah, Lark, Lark Day. Exactly. Well, and that's like what ten years apart. Anybody, anybody can get clipped. You know, it's how it's how you react and come back. It's so strange yeah. with him because then he knocks everybody out. He's like yeah. on a ten fight knockout streak. Yeah. Let me tell you, he's um, he's vicious, man. To top rank, obviously, the last fight you guys had, Bud, was a Sean Porter fight, and mm -hmm. I was sitting. Not on the floor, but I'm like 100 level for that one. And I remember, uh, like, I read his lips on the Jumbotron. I'm like, yo, they said, yo, I'm losing. Yo, I'm down. I'm like, yeah. yo, look, he's saying it. Yeah. To see him come out and do what he did, you know, and a lot of people aren't a fan of uh, Ken Porter stopping the fight, but mm -hmm. had that fight continued, I just feel like we all know. You know, he gets stronger as the fight yeah. goes on, man. He he's he's so vicious, man. And when I went out, when I went out to Scotland with him for the Burns fight, he I went out there previously with Beltran. And them fans are so rowdy and vicious and hostile. They throw beer at you. Man. I I mean, you know, they're brutal. Serious. No, I, and, and, I was and, there with Wilder. They threw a whole beer and, on and him. I warned, and I warned him. I said, Terrence, I said, once you walk out that dressing room, man, it's a different environment. It's, it's just everything is different. And I watched him while he was walking, and he didn't show any emotion or nothing. He was like, he was like ice, man. He's something special, man. You think he could, from obviously, you know, it's always going to be from a matchmaker standpoint, but you think he could beat Jamel Charlo? I wouldn't count them out. I mean, he, you know, he, uh, he spars bigger guys. Um, Jamel is a very, very good fighter. I have a lot of respect for him. 
but I wouldn't count him out. He's he, he's fought the better opposition, I think. Um, Wait, who? I think Crawford's fought the better opposition. Over Jamal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was in tough fights with Castano, and I really believe, you may think I'm crazy, man. I thought Harrison was putting it on him this second. A lot of people do. Yeah. I thought he played with Charlie. I, I think Harrison's beautiful, man. You put you you give him a chin, he's 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 the greatest thing ever, man. So you think it's the chin? Yeah. See, I question if it's the chin or the tank. Chin. He's beautiful to watch, man. I love watching him. Yeah, I said as I said if he could stay disciplined mm-hmm. against Zoo, I think I think he's gonna. He should sh- be able to destroy. It. Now over there, I don't know. Over here, he destroys Zoo. Hmm. I mean. We saw what we saw what your guy did last year two times. Haney, I'm saying Haney yeah. went out there, so I, I think it can be done. But Haney's a very very disciplined kid. He has a great team supporting him. I you totally know, agree. Harrison, you know, he's training the Baumgartner. Who knows, you know, what he's really doing? But but if you really focus, man. I mean, he's. I was more impressed with him in the Charlo, the second Charlo fight, than I was the first Charlo fight. I thought he, I thought he fought a great fight. How how much um, how much of the other promotional companies are you watching, or is it kind of just based on the fighters you have? Or I watch I watch everything. I have a great relationship with the Kubas Junior. I watch all of the PBC shows. Eddie, I've I've gone. I've been you know those. Those Crawford fights where Eddie shows, he, him and Frank Smith have treated me tremendously out there. Every, um, wish him nothing but the best. Um, I, I wasn't disrespectful when I said, you know, I shouldn't have really said that. I wish those guys the best. I, I subscribe to the zone um, and I watch all their shows. So, and, and he's a great promoter. Again, from a matchmaker standpoint, would you make the Ryan tank fight for Ryan, your for, Golden Boys matchmaker? Or your 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 Ryan? Ryan, no. Wow, you don't think he's ready then? I think there's there's other things they can do, and you you got both guys, especially Tank, who's very, very special at this. You know, and Tank doesn't really need him. Let it, you know, marinate, uh, whatever they say, you know, you know, and it can even be bigger. So, so you weren't on board with Loma Tank, or were you? It didn't really mean anything at that time, really. I mean, they were pitching it. They were, but... That's 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 fans and stuff like that, but it never really happened, and it was just talk. There was never any negotiating or or anything like that. And it, you know, Tank to me is so big right now. You know, he's a great attraction. He's proven himself. Um, you can put him in with anybody, and it's going to be big. You put him in Atlanta. You put him in California. You put him anywhere. Put him in Maryland. Why do you think that is? What, what, what do you think it is about him? Is it the power? Well, it's just everything. There's something about him 
and and I don't know I I don't know him, but you know, even though he's like he has that thug mentality, there's something cute about him. <laughs> Does it make sense? I guess. <laughs> I, you know what I mean. I don't know. You know, there's there's a niceness to him. You know, he's he's a he's a yeah, nice definitely the he's way a he nice speaks, thug. I think he's a nice thug. If that makes any sense, he's cute. You know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man, but you know, there's, there's like thugs that are like assholes, but, but he's like, he's like nice, man. You know, he's a street guy, but he's, but he's nice. I don't know. So, so given, given that you said you wouldn't make that fight from a matchmaker's perspective, once again, as a fan, I would, but which one? No, no. I was going to ask. So from a matchmaker's perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, given the recent talk, if both guys asked, you wouldn't want to make Shakur versus Devin this year? No. No, not, not yet. No, because remember one thing. I don't know how much Devin, you know, I think he's going to be a 40-pounder after this. You know? His dad seemed to think Based that- off what, though? Based off what? Yo, he's huge, man. He makes 30, he, he's been making Don't say 35. he makes it easy. He don't make that easy. Uh, when, when somebody comes in half a pound under and ain't got to drop draws, that's pretty easy to me. Yeah, but. And he when doesn't he, when use a sauna. No, I know. But that's because he's, he's a dedicated and he's a true professional. But if you said, what would he be better at and where would he feel more comfortable at? 35 or 40, I guarantee you he would say 40. And I won't disagree with and that. And he would be but, very successful. But obviously, if he were to stay at 35, that fight that has been spoken on from both sides between Shakur and Devin would be there. Not, you know, yeah. from a matchmaker's perspective, because obviously it's a business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I like I like marination, but sometimes, you know, like Mayweather... It may, it may never happen, because once Shakur goes to 40, he may be 47. Mayweather... They're both growing. Mayweather packed out a long time. And obviously, time. and obviously, you know, it was a, a huge financial success, and both yeah. guys uh, made life-changing money a lot more yeah. than they would had it happened... Uh, what was the original? Uh, like, what was that, 08, 09, when Floyd uh, put out that... I mean... I, it just, I, in retrospect, it doesn't matter because we realize now that a, a super fight, you can't accept a flat fee. Yeah. You know, the the other thing is, is like what you were saying before, when fighters can demand a fight, that's, that's basically what happened with Ryan and Tank. You know, Ryan basically demanded it. I don't even think Tank really cared, really. It was Ryan that was demanding it, right? Speaking of demanding, let's... Let's talk about uh, one of your fighters, the monster, because it seems like Steph Fulton demanded on his end for that fight to happen. Is that a done deal? And why go up and wait to immediately face the unified champ? Was there any talk? And I think that's a solid fight, man. Ubu is a bad boy. I know. I think that's a real solid fight. Um, as far as it being done, I believe it is. Okay. But not not don't quote me on that, but I, I believe it is done. Um and kudos to both guys, man. You know, him stepping up and fighting the best twenty two pounder out there in my opinion and 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 Fulton going to Japan. I wanna take you back to uh Gamboa Juanma Lopez. 
Do you feel like that was top rank dropped the ball there over marination? I feel like that's actually when we heard the word marination from Bob. Um, he waited a little bit too long. Do you think? Because uh, I understand that um, it was Juan Ma not looking good. Like, Gamboa was looking spectacular. Like, Juan Ma would face Roger Matagua, Gamboa come right behind him and make him look like it was nothing. Yeah. So I can understand, yeah. you know, the Puerto Rican being the draw and maybe you guys thinking he's not ready. But then he ends up losing to fucking Salido. And, and, and Salido was a very solid guy, man. But I'm sure that wasn't the plan. No, no. So, what do you think about that moment, that that era? Well, it backfired. You know, you have your your, your ups and you have your downs, and at that one, we we had our downs. And 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 the Rios Gamboa, why do you think that didn't happen? The which one Rios? Yeah, Brandon Rios and Gamboa. At one point, I think it was even a pay per view. They had press conferences, and then. Fucking Richard Abril crashed the press conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gamboa ended up getting out of his top rank contract. Yeah. Don't remember that? Oh, I do remember that because Alvarado fought underneath and Alvarado yeah, fought Mauricio guys, Herrera. Was that the first time you guys went to Denver? No, 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 no. That was over here. Okay. Rios fought Abril. Uh, Alvarado fought Herrera. Um. Yeah, but I don't remember the end. And Rios looked horrible against him. Abril mm -hmm. can make everybody look Yeah, Abril, we learned, was a tough fight, though. So, yeah. Brad, really quick, I, just because I, I personally love the fight, how much of a say or how much input did you have in, in making Inouye and, and Fulton? I had nothing to do with it. Okay. That. At that level, that's strictly, you know, organizations, promoters, the TV, and stuff. So, at what level would you say... Well, us, you know, like me and Bruce, we get we get these guys to a certain level, and then once they hit that level, it's it's more like the TV. Okay, you know. So is Keyshawn on that level where TV's in control now? Um, yeah, well, he's he's at that level where he's in a, he's semi main event type material. Um, but we still we still choose the opponents and stuff. Do you believe that um, Let me just he could be a success in Virginia the way you think uh, Jared can be? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna probably go that route as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, we were talking about fighters wanting fights. He seems to want to fight Schofield, Floyd Schofield, but he's with Golden Boy and DeZone. Mm -hmm. I know Top Rank has done you know the Hooker and Ramirez fight, but obviously mm -hmm. that's a, a, a much higher level. Is that something we should not be thinking about, even though they're back and forth? Yeah, I don't. I don't think down, you know anytime soon. You know they're both they're both young, and Schofield's a good little fighter. You know. I've so been, you watched I've, that last I, fight? I watched. I watched Schofield. He's a good little fighter. You didn't expect he? I, did you want him to get the knockout? Did you think he wouldn't because who no, Ricardo I, was? I I I um I uh, texted um what's his name Mike Miller. You know who represents him and stuff. I said it was it was a great great learning experience. That's what he needed. Wow. I love I love when fighters go rounds. Is that the same Mike Miller from 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 Kirkland? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I, mean, I didn't even know he was still in the business. But you're yeah. at the same city too. That's where Schofield yeah. is at, Austin, Texas. Yeah, Austin, Texas. And oh, wow. I and I thought um 
I love when guys go rounds, you know, it makes you a better fighter. You know, a lot of times these guys, you know, walk out in the ring and, you know, they're all moping and stuff like that. You know, I should have knocked the guys. And I said, rounds make you a better fighter, man. But isn't the, the knockouts with why Deontay Wilder and, and Javante Davis are, yeah, are attractions? But, yeah, but early on in your career, it's good to get rounds, face a little bit of adversity, you know, because it, it, it builds character. Do you see a world where, where, where Jared takes the torch from Fury? Yeah, and, really? and, that's, and that's, what, that's what I was saying earlier on, man. If so he, top rank would make that fight. I'm not saying they, they make that fight. We oh. can go on other routes. Say he fights a Dubois, Dubois or somebody like that. But if he can get, and like I said, it's still an if because we don't know. We don't know about the chin. We don't know if he can go a second half you know, of the fight. We, we don't know these things. We're going to know eventually. But if he can do that, we, we, got, we got a gem, man. I think we got something real special. Is the opponent top 10 in the sanction, top 10 in the world on box? No, but it's somebody, it's somebody that you, you, you know. Somebody you guys would know. And you would say, yeah, that's a, it's, it's a good step up. I'm excited. Last, oh, go ahead. I was going to jump into Arslan Beck. Makhmadov, I mean, Jared seems to seem, feel ready Jared, for him. Jared, Jared wants him. That, that's he said fight. he's fooled. That, yeah. yeah. In our generation, you know, yeah. you know it's easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jared, Jared wants him. But what's the plan with him? Because, you know, you guys have signed him. I think he's had like three that, fights. That, that, that could be a fight. We, we, who knows? That could be no, a, I mean, but is he in another direction, though? No. Because he's a draw in Canada, no, right? No, that could be That could be one of the fights for Jared down the road. Um, Before I wrap, I do want to ask, since you said you watched fights, did you see Peru this weekend? Which guy? Uh, Lanier Peru, uh, Bob Santos, heavyweight. I love Bobby, man. That's my guy, man. So I saw I saw Denier and Lanier. Okay, I saw both guys. Impressed? Um, not really. Yeah, I, I wasn't impressed, and I, I hope I Bobby doesn't get mad at me because I'll probably have lunch with him next week, and he'll be mad. But so so um. Like, come from behind knockout, that doesn't matter to you. As a matchmaker, you'd yeah. rather see him win the rounds. Yeah. Yeah, because the other guy that was in front of him, to me, was just an ordinary guy. Mm. You know, that was just my opinion. Now, but, how much do you factor into that knockout, right? Like, even post-fight, the guy's still saying he's never been hit that hard to the body. He felt... That's, that, that's, that's, that could be a, a possibility. Listen, I wasn't impressed, but... Impress me the next time. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And with the brother, went four rounds. Yeah. he it, Bobby was was bragging about him, you know, on how good he was. I, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I mean, I thought he would get that guy out of there too. Yeah. But his record, I mean, actually, he was 2-0 with two KOs, so yeah. 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 Uh, I got two more for me. Uh, I want to stay here all day, man. <laughs> yeah, no, we I love, love having you. No, we'll bring you to the wire for I, sure. But yeah, um, I wanted to ask, obviously, um, Kenny Sims, somebody who upset great, the apple Great, part. great guy. Great, great guy. Know him personally. He's a class act, him and his dad, and Kay and all them guys, man. I just, we try to get him on board. We just have so many freaking guys 
in our stable and we offered guys in our stable for him, but nobody wanted to fight him. Mm. You know, good, good kid, man. And I, and I wish him all the best. Unfortunate. You got, uh, yes. Okay, uh, D Jones on Patreon says, what inspired Mr. Goodman to be a matchmaker? You know, you know, when we were talking earlier, anything that my cousin liked, I, I just followed. He liked boxing. I got into boxing. So when I was at top rank, I'd always end up in the matchmaking office. All I ever wanted to be was a matchmaker. I never wanted to be a promoter. All I ever thought about was I want to match fighter A versus fighter B. And I want to see this guy versus this guy. And that was it, man. And it all started with, with, with Shavers versus Ali. Um, mm-hmm. I fell in love with Shavers. And then when Shavers fought Holmes the, the, the first time, um, no, he lost to Holmes. The second time he was training it um, in the Catskills. And I played hooky from school. <clears throat> How I got out there, I can't even remember. But I know I took a bus out there. And the cops were at my apartment in Queens. And my mother was outside when I came home. Because I didn't show up for school. <laughs> and she smacked me and stuff like that. Because I went out there to watch Shavers. Mm. I was like 11 years old. Oh, wow. I was like infatuated with Shavers. You know, and I, to this day, I still have the shirt. Ernie Shavers, the next champ. You know, and that's how it all started, man. That's crazy. 40, years, got, 40 years later, yeah. getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. Canna in Nebraska says, hello, can you elaborate on why to go was chosen over Jeremiah Nakatilia for Keyshawn Davis? Thanks for coming on the show. He was the only one uh, that, that took the fight uh, uh, as far as the two previous guys that didn't. Was Nakatilia on the list? Did he get an offer? No, Nakatilia was fighting somebody. Else. Mm. Two other guys. Uh, Brandon says, uh, through a Hall of Fame matchmaker's eye, you answered that. Uh, is Ryan Garcia ready for Javante Davis? I'm not, I'm not saying Ryan's not. I'm just saying they, they can go another route. You know, it doesn't have to be. Both guys can, can fight different guys and do it at a later time. This is a good question. Uh, from D. Jones, after the retirement of Hall of Fame promoter Bob Arum, what is the projection of top rank with Todd DeBuff? What can fans expect? We're still going to keep going strong. We got a great staff, man. But does he take over the ship? Is it a one man? Like it's does- not a no. It's it's a whole thing. Todd Todd obviously is on top, but we have unbelievable executives with Brad Jacobs, who runs you know a ton of stuff. Call Moretti and. Uh, Jeremy, the lawyer and stuff. And we, we got an unbelievable staff. Last. Todd, Todd is a brilliant, brilliant guy. He, he's constantly thinking, doing things, different things. And, you know, we're here to stay, man. We ain't going anywhere. But do you expect any changes from, you know? No, no, no. We, it's all about, it's all about, you know, being in the right place at the right time and, and Todd knows what he's doing. 
we're all, we're all. I, you know, I only say that because he's, he's like, you know, fifty years younger. So it's yeah. got to be a difference between him and Bob. Yeah. Oh, Bob is an icon. You know, everybody knows Bob. Todd is more, you know, laid back. You know, and stays, you know, behind the scenes. I wish you'd be more. I remember a time when he was more in the camera, more doing interviews. I like that, you know. But he was Eddie before Eddie. Yeah. He was the sharp. Eddie, yeah, Eddie well dressed guy. Yeah. You know, talked well, but he just stopped. Yeah, he's just not like that. He doesn't, you know, that's more like Carl. Carl does that, Brad Jacobs. Mm, but Carl. Yeah. Carl's the one that said Devin was a good little fighter. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. I mean, he just said that about Floyd Schofield. You know what I'm saying? Good little fighter. No, I, no mean, I don't mean that disrespectfully, good little fighter. When I said about Devin Haney's a good little, I meant, I well, meant that. No, I meant that, no Carl. Carl, see, the I thing am, is. I meant that, that in a see, positive no, way, No, here's bro. the thing. No, here's the thing. The, uh, Nesta was in Cancun in 2019 when, when Lomachenko and, the, you know, and Carl were out there. And, and he felt that Devin was deserving of that fight. And, you know, um, I'm going to be honest. The whole franchise shit was bullshit. Um yeah. Like, just to the sport, not even in that situation, yeah. not, you know, in but, the sport. But, but now that Devin's with top rank, you can you can tell us that you guys sent, you you went to the convention to purposely not fight him because you knew. That I, that I don't, I don't even go to the convention. You're a matchmaker. You knew that fight was coming up. Would Devin beat Lomachenko back then, yes or no? I don't know. <laughs> I, honestly, man, honestly. I think it's a very... Now, you needed the experience, though. I, Listen. I, I, I do prefer I, this version. I, you're, you're tight with Bill. Mm -hmm. Ask Bill what I, what, what I think. I keep it 100, bro. I told Bill what I think. Oh. So, I guess the last one, truly the last one. Well, oh, I, you got more. I just... The, the, I wanted, right, so I wanted I, to I'll close... I'll leave with this. Yeah. I'll leave with this. Well, I just wanted to close... Is Devin okay. and Shakur... 47? Are we waiting that long? It could be, like you said, it could be 35. It could happen then. It could happen 40. I don't know. I want to say both guys are moving in a different direction. Shakur is fitting in at 35. Devin, I think, is slowly moving to 40. And I think once Shakur starts going to 40, I think Devin is going to fill out and move to 47. So we're talking 47. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe once Shakur gets to 47. They're both growing, man. It's it's amazing. I mean, I saw such but, an but unbelievable it's difference. It's the top-ranked way, though. Like, you guys clear the way. Like, for instance, who 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 was there? Oh, it was Valdez was there. Mm -hmm. And then he moved up and allowed it for Shakur. Then Shakur yeah. moved up, allowed it for Navarrete, and so on and yeah. so forth. So it's well, like... Valdez moved up because he didn't want the Shakur fight at 26. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. Um, I, saw, I saw such a difference in, in, in size with Loma and, um, and Haney. Haney was huge in New York, man. So this ain't no lightweight. This is some this a heavyweight. <laughs> he, he he had to be about 70 something, man. He was huge, man. Shout out to uh James James Lockwood. James Lockwood, you know, uh that's why that's why uh he pays for that nutrition during camp. Um I just wanted to hear uh before we let you go your favorite memory from your first tenure at Top Rank, you know, when you started at, what's what's one of your favorite memories? During that 10-year 
or so. Just period. just being blessed, you know, you know, being able to travel, meeting the fighters, um, you know, having great bosses, um, soaking in the knowledge, watching Aram from 83 all the way till where he is now. It's amazing how 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 sharp he still is, even at this age, man. He still thinks, even though he's slowing down physically, the, the mental part is still amazing, man. He's still thinking, and he thinks sharp, and he still thinks of fights. It's amazing. Mm. So I'm blessed in that sense, you know, to be around all that stuff and meet, you know, the, the people and things like that. When in in this career did you start thinking Hall of Fame? I never did. Never. You know, I, I when, when I, I I always said I should be, I should be, I should be. And I'll tell you a funny story. Ed Brophy says, hey, "Brad, uh, Ed Brophy here. Uh, you know, you're 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 going to be uh, inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, how do you feel about this?" You want to know my honest opinion? He goes, well, yeah. Should have been inducted five years ago. Mm. <laughs> because this year, I think there are people more deserving than me. Five well, years ago. But but deserving in your job title or in your category in of non-participant? In that category. Okay. Whereas five years ago or six years ago, I felt like I was a little bit more. You know? Mm -hmm. That's all. Non-participant is the same as Sylvester Stallone, no? Same category? No, I think I think that I'm not. It could be. It could be. I I think I'm in like that. Um, you get awarded. For, you're a Hall of Famer because I can judge a round better than <laughs> I can judge a ten-eight round better than you. Yeah, Yo, I, I I gotta ask because. Um, and this is obviously nothing to do with what you do, but um, I went to the very first card you ever matched to make on BoxRec, at least, right? I, I went to that. The same fucking referees and judges that were on that card we see today. Like, like, does the commission not know that these guys are slowing down and they're not as sharp? Which one was it? Was it, it, was, it was an Orleans card. It was an Orleans. Yeah, I did. They're missing a lot, man. They're missing a lot of Laughlin shows when Gary Shaw first started. Man, you work for Gary. Yeah, I did Gary's. I did all of Gary's stuff in Laughlin, man. He did all them Laughlin shows, man. I used to do every show for him. But that wouldn't cover the Angulo days, right? No, 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 no. That's mm. when he moved up, you know, to the Showtime and, you know, anything that became a conflict with Top. What Frank. happened to Gary? I know he. I know Rock Nation bought him out, but yeah. like, did he just turn away? Is he, he gone? Wow. But anything that became like a conflict, I never, I never, you know, made it into, you know, top rank was over. Bro, and Thompson just passed away. That's crazy. He was a, he was a great man. I can't believe I received that email, man. RIP, yeah. man. That's uh, unfortunate. Oh, so there's like numerous. So they have a modern category for the Boxing Hall of Fame. Women's modern. Old-timer, woman's trailblazer, pioneer, 
I, I, I non-participant. Always said it. When I started, I always said I want to be the first podcast, so they better they better not induct anyone another podcast before us. Yeah, no, you the biggest champ. They can induct someone else. But that is all our questions. Uh, you have any social media you want to give out? I don't have nothing, man. None of that. I, Just head on over to toprank.com. That's me, man. Just my <laughs> phone number and that's it, man. Appreciate I, I'm not on it. any social media or nothing. Well, Brad, we do appreciate having you and joining us. You and guys. Uh, hopefully, you know, this is uh, the first of many more to come. Hopefully, man. I, I really enjoyed it, man. You guys were great. And you have a great uh, setup, man. And you guys were great, man. Thanks All again. All right. Appreciate it. Well, um, well, actually, well, we got we got eight minutes, so we're going to take three. All right. Three what? Evan Korn. You guys have brought him into the matchmaking team. Yes. Yep. He's doing very well. So He got a good head on his shoulders, man. He knows he knows his stuff. He's That's some young he, blood. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, listen. Bruce Bruce basically learned from the best in Teddy Brenner. I learned from the best in Bruce. Now he's going to learn from us. It's going to take a while, but he already had a good head on his shoulders. He he knows the foreign six round kids and stuff like that. And he and he has a lot of connections to begin with. So he's gonna be all right, man. When do you think he we get to see his debut of like a card he match made? Does that how long does that process? Well, he's not gonna match make the whole card. You know, we're just, you know, looking around, you know, Keyshawn's brother. Um, he's fighting on uh April 8th in, in Newark. We're looking around for opponents, he's searching. Uh, calling some people, you know, things like that. Slowly and gradually. Okay. No, I know, because I know BoxRec sometimes lists the matchmaker. I'm sure that would be something. No, nah, he ain't getting on there yet. <laughs> <laughs> he got he to gotta earn that, man. That's what I mean. That's you got to I mean. earn like, it, man. When, when do you foresee something like that? Like, how long does it take for something like that? Probably an eight-round fight. Once he gets to that eight-round level. All right. Well, there you go, Evan Sutton. Uh, work towards and congratulations uh, to Evan, obviously on, on that. Uh, you know, new new job. But hey, let's give Evan credit though. When you mentioned Big Baby and uh, Jared, he he thought of that fight. Mm. He was the one that thought of that. Look at that. Yeah. Well, so let's give him six rounds. Then <laughs> then we'll put him on box round. <laughs> six rounds. Well, uh, Brad, once again, thank you. Um, thank you. You know, we'll make sure to definitely get you back on. Yep. Absolutely. But uh, to everybody else tuned in, make sure to tune in tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. Ring Walk, Danny, Ness, GTO, The Boxing Voice. Peace. Peace.